Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here. Thank you for being here. Amen. I want us to pray over the word of the Lord tonight. Ask him to touch that word to our heart. His word is anointed. His word is promised not to return void. Amen. The only thing we really need to pray is in asking about is asking the Lord to help our hearts to be prepared, our mind and our spirit to receive his word. Lord, we love you today and thank you for the tremendous privilege that you have given us to be here again tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity one more time to break the bread of life. We're going to warm our hands and our heart over the truth of your word. Tonight, we have not come with our own agenda. We have not come to tout our own thoughts and interject our own feelings. But, Lord, we're just going to set your word on the centerpiece of the t- and let it be the centerpiece tonight of this entire service from beginning to end. In the name of the Lord, amen. And you can be seated. What a privilege to be here on this Tuesday night. Amen. My goodness, we were just here. It's amazing how fast tonight got here versus Sunday, didn't it? Keeping in harmony with our emphasis on prayer during the month of November, our focus for this week, for the month of November, of course, we've had a focused prayer in addition to our focused prayer for the whole entire year. But our focus has been on Thanksgiving. Obviously and intentionally, we are um, focusing our prayer on Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving week. It has been our focus to give thanks unto the Lord for his provisions, the blessings. And, um, and if the Lord's will, this coming Thursday, we'll be celebrating yet again another Thanksgiving day. I realize that means different things to different people. But for the most part, it's a day of food and family and fellowship. It is a day where some families are just trying their best to keep off the episode of cops and things of that nature. <laughs> I've been to a few of those family functions where you just think, I just don't want to be on the six o'clock news tonight. That's all we're trying. That's all we're trying to get by with. <laughs> See, we're not all that different. We're not all that different. But for the most part, it's a time of family and it's a time of gathering together and, and, uh, coming together, seeing people and being with people that you don't get to be with that often in some cases. It's often a day that serves as a center point for a lot of families to come together, enjoy time away from the hustle and bustle of life. And um, it's a wonderful thing. It's a, I'm thankful to be a part of a nation that I say this about a lot of things in our annual calendar, but I'm thankful to be a part of a nation that pauses to give credence uh, to certain things and certain days 
and uh, we are very thankful. But it should be a day not just of uh, food and fun, but it should be a day of, of reflection. It should be a day of thanksgiving. I realize in America that almost anything that can be commercialized has been. And certainly Thanksgiving is no exception, and so we're inundated with uh, Thanksgiving sales and all the things that go along with that. But I believe as people of faith that we should really try to stop and just reflect on the goodness of God. Amen. I'm not, I don't mean 30 seconds or just you know while we're praying over our food, but to really spend some time reflecting on how good the Lord has been. We may not have everything that we want, and in some cases we may not even have everything that we need. But if we look around, I'm sure that we can all see bountiful blessings in our life. There's an old song that I think summarizes it well that says, God is so good to me, I can't complain. How could I dare complain? God has been so good. I could have never imagined as a young man the value of what the church would be to me. And, and outside of its outside of the obvious in our collective times together of corporate worship and prayer and, and praise. But when I think of all the friendships, not superficial friendships, but when I think of all the friendships that the vehicle of the church has brought into my life, there was the, the law of unexpected consequences. I didn't see that coming whenever I decided to, to serve the Lord and to, to do His will. I had no idea the wonderful people that God would bring into my life and that they would call me friend and I would call them friend. I never, was a, I never would have been able to have uh, guessed that. I couldn't foresee that the Lord would do anything like that. And so I'm thankful for the hand of God. I'm thankful that He saved me. I'm thankful that, that when He gave me the Holy Ghost, I'm thankful that He gave me a desire to serve Him. Amen. Beyond that initial moment. And I'm thankful that he created in me a desire to be in the house of God. A desire to love his word. I'm not boasting. I'm just testifying. I'm thankful that, that I long to be in his presence. And it's, it's not can take it or leave it in my heart and my life. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that he has blessed me when I've needed to be blessed. And um, when I, not, not when I deserved it, but when I needed it, he blessed me. And I'm thankful that he's healed me. And the list of that could go on and on and on and on. I think that we should unequivocally acknowledge that, that no blessing would be in our life if it wasn't for the Lord and His immeasurable grace toward us. We are not where we are because we are so shrewd or we are this or that, but we are where we are because God has been granted grace and He has been merciful in our life. If it wasn't for the Lord and His grace toward us, then where would we be? What a horrifying thought to think. I, I don't have to stretch my imagination very far, probably no further than anybody else in this room because I look around and I see some of the people that I grew up with and I see where they are today and I'm not judging them, but I'm just so thankful that the Lord spared me a lot of heartache. And so his grace intervened, intercepted, and it turned a lot of things in my life. And so as a church, we are pausing to spend time in prayer this week to just simply say thank you Lord because we have so much to be thankful for it's no secret that we live in an hour where people don't seem to be thankful 
we have so many blessings in our life as a nation uh, until the blessings of life have become just common, so commonplace until we don't really think about. Um, we don't really think about a lot of things that many, many people, a vast majority of people in the world don't have access to that we have access to it, just a snap of our finger. Electric in our home and running water in our home and and uh, vehicles to drive and things of that nature. And so uh, it's just become a way of life. And so we don't think a whole lot about the blessings of life. We have a nice place to live, food to eat, clothes to wear, vehicles to drive. And the list goes on and on and on and on. We're not worried about what we're going to eat in the morning. We're not going to worry about what we have before we go to bed tonight. And uh, we, we may already know. It may already be in a dish covered up waiting for you at home. And, and we just live in an environment of tremendous blessings. I, I'm not trying to sound too rudimentary at all, but the word thankfulness is just the feeling or showing gratitude to be thankful. I'm thankful for what the Lord has done. And so what does thankfulness look like or how do we define it? How is it played out in everyday life? And uh, I just want to take a journey together with you. For the last, uh, I don't know, maybe several days, certainly maybe even a couple of weeks, I've been reading in the books of First and Second Chronicles, which are historical books. Um, for the most part, I find them interesting. We get a little bogged down in the begats. We all get a little bogged down in the begats. But there's a, a lot of interesting uh, history there in, in Chronicles. And so I want to kind of focus our attention on First Chronicles chapter 16, and if the Lord will just help us unfold a few things uh, this evening and underline a couple of things around the theme of Thanksgiving. Now, a brief synopsis of the first several verses can give us some great insight to uh, maybe what thankfulness looks like or how it's played out in our life. And so if you have your Bibles, follow along. If not, maybe follow along on the screens. But in, uh, in verses 1 and 2, I'll just mention this and then we'll get to the scriptures. But in verses 1 and 2, David brings the ark back into it, the tent and he offers sacrifices and, and peace offerings and burnt offerings. And then in verse number 3, the Bible says that David gives um, flagons of wine. That's a little confusing there, but really what it's talking about, he gives bread and then flagons of wine. He gives bread and uh, and then cakes of raisins. And then he gives a portion of the meat, which the meat was of the sacrifice. He gives a portion of the meat to the people of Israel. And then verses 4, 5, and 6, David appoints ministers and, and officers in a proper fashion over the ark. And uh, so we, we get through this little you know utilitarian portion of these passages of scriptures. And then... We come to, I think, what, what we can see as the, the subject of thanksgiving. In these verses, we can see several distinct things, I think, about the nature of thankfulness to the Lord. And I don't want to belabor the issue and just drive anything in the ground, but I do appreciate certain patterns that I can find in Scripture that kind of help me figure out how to live my own life. And, and uh, I'm thankful for the, the examples that we have in Scripture and so if we can look at it's First Chronicles 16 and 7, and this is where we'll pick up, and we're going to go down through uh, several verses here, not one at a time, but um, 
if, if you could just follow along. The Bible says, then on that day, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. And so it appears from uh, biblical history that David wrote this psalm on or at least for this occasion. And so this was a very specific song or a very specific psalm. And then he gave it to Asaph. Now Asaph was also one of the authors of several of the psalms. And you can find some of those headings in your Bible when you look in, in reading through uh, the book of Psalms. It may say a psalm of Asaph. And so that just means that Asaph was a contributing writer to the book of Psalms. But Asaph was also a musician. And so here is David who, if I can kind of put this in, in our everyday language, David writes a song for this occasion and he hands it to the musician and his brethren, the scripture says. And uh, it was a song that was to be sung by them in honor of what the Lord had, had done on behalf of his people. And so I want to just kind of walk through a little bit of this song. Amen. I'm not going to sing it. We're just going to find marks of instruction that are left for us. In verse number 8, the Bible says, Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. So here's a verse of instruction. This is what Thanksgiving looks like. This is how Thanksgiving is played out. It's not just a turkey dinner. It's not just a family gathering. But this is what Thanksgiving really looks like. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, and make known his deeds among the people. The instructions are really clear. They're very concise. And so we don't really have to consult any further literature to find out exactly what it is that David is driving home. I believe that we should always declare the goodness of God in all that we do. Amen. I know that just kind of sounds so fundamental, but it's really the truth that we ought to give thanks unto the Lord in everything we do. Thank you, Lord, for what you have given us. Now, I've been repeating a passage of scripture for the last several services. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth to all generations. Amen. We should declare the goodness of God. God has been so good to me. And the world needs to know that. Not just by uh, maybe articles of my life that may reflect that, but I want to have thanksgiving in my mouth. I want to be thankful. I want to declare the goodness of the Lord. And so we should never be ashamed or never bashful when it comes to giving thanks to the Lord. The latter portion of verse 8 says, and make known his deeds among the people. And so I want to tell the goodness of God. Make known his deeds among the people. And so how are people going to know if we don't say what the Lord has done for me? Amen. What the Lord has done for me. And sometimes we're uh, maybe a little reticent thinking that we're just boasting. I don't mean that in a boastful way at all, but we need to give, uh, we need to give an, uh, and take advantage of the opportunities that are given to us to let people know how good God has been. I believe that we ought to tell it and that we ought to tell it again. The Bible says that we're made overcomers by the word of our testimony. And so therefore we should declare unashamedly the greatness of God. This is what the Lord has done for me. In the, in the ninth verse, the, the, the scripture goes on to say, Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, 
talk ye of all his wondrous works. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. You could skip down to verse number 23. It's not on here, but in verse 23, it says, sing unto the Lord all the earth. Amen. And so there, there is uh, something powerful about singing, singing unto the Lord. Amen. There has never been a day, uh, certainly in our nation, we're not alone in this, but around the world for the most part, especially um, many pockets of the world, uh, there has never been a day that music has created, played a greater part in our society than the day that we live in now. You can hardly go anywhere without hearing music. I'm not saying that's a negative thing at all. The music industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. It's very, very powerful. Wherever you go, you can hear music. It's in our homes. It's in our car. Um, it's playing in the places where we shop. It's playing, for the most part, many places where you work. Even the shortest elevator ride. <laughs> You're going to be accompanied by music in many, many cases. Most of my adult life, I have enjoyed uh, listening to talk radio. In the earlier years of our marriage, I drove a truck for a living. And, and uh, back then, all we had was AM or FM. And uh, so you spent a lot of time not just listening to the radio, but you spend a good deal of time just trying to tune in the next station. Because if you're traveling very far, <laughs> you are sure to run out of a signal uh, in just a little while. And uh, so there's no doubt I can hear a few little affirmations in the audience here tonight. So you can remember, no doubt, listening to a program and you're just hoping that you can get to the end of the song or the end of the segment uh, before the station runs out and you're just by the end you're just leaning in and your ears are almost bleeding <sighs> we had such a rough life it was horrible and then in September of 2011 or 2001 I'm sorry I remembered hearing chatter before this of satellite radio like satellite radio, and it sounded mythical almost at first. I heard advertisements, um, this was before it ever kind of hit the market, but advertisements that, that you could start a trip on one side of the nation and go all, across, all the way across our nation listening to the same radio station. Why, who could comprehend something like that? And uh, now it's no big deal. We have access to satellite radio in our cars, our homes, even both mobile devices that are in front of me right now, satellite radio. Only a month later, in October of 2001, Apple introduced the iPod. The first generation of iPod only had two different models. Uh, one, I think, was 5 gig and the other 10 gig or something of that nature. And it was advertised... I need you to go back in time with me now. It was advertised that this little iPod could hold 1,000 songs. That was a small version. That's the entry level. If you upgraded, you could buy the iPod that would hold 2,000. Who even owned 1,000 songs? Who owned 2,000 songs? These numbers were staggering. How, how could this be that this little thing that you could just hide in the palm of your hand 
could hold and house that many. You know how many reel-to-reel tapes that would take? How many how many cassette tapes that would take? <laughs> how many eight tracks you'd have to have to capture two thousand songs? It would take up the trunk of your car. Probably some in the back seat. However, before the iPod reached its zenith, you could buy an iPod that would hold 40,000 songs. The point, the point is, is that we have access to nonstop music. Just, just back there where Brother Jack Reed is sitting right now is a, is a and it's rather old, a CD player that will hold 300 CDs. Because you just never know when we may need to listen to four weeks of music nonstop. We just wanted to be prepared for that. We happen to get a great deal on that. That's why we have it. <laughs> and so most, most everywhere you go, you see young and old alike with earbuds in their ears and music. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And as a result of that, we know songs some of them consciously, others maybe even subconsciously, because music is a very powerful way to reach people. And that's just one of the many reasons that I'm thankful for the great job that our singers and musicians do at our church. We are very blessed. We're very blessed. It's a very powerful witnessing tool, and it, and it, uh, and it touches the heart of the hardest person. I mean, I've watched people come into a church service and they're sitting there with a frown. They're unsure of what's going on. Maybe they've never been in a Pentecostal church before and they're not accustomed to people clapping their hands or raising their hands or singing out loud or whatever the case may be. But in most cases, I've watched people before it was all said and done, they were at least patting their hand on the pew in front of them because music has, is, has a very powerful influence on our heart and it touches our heart. But music can have a message and I love uh, all song genres. I, I love classic hymns that we sing. They kind of take me back to a place in time, and I appreciate that. And, and some of those songs you thought you had forgotten, but once you hear just two or three words of it, it just all comes boiling back up like a wellspring in your heart. So that takes you back to a place in time. But I also love the new songs as well because they are filled with powerful, powerful meaning. Songs like Cover Me and Holy Spirit rain down. What powerful message are locked within those lyrics? And so it can be a very vital component to our spiritual life. And so the an, an entire, as a matter of fact, the, the book of Psalms, an entire book of the Bible is a book of songs about the Lord. It's just hymns. And so most of them are designed to be sung to the Lord. And I like songs. I love songs. And we sing many of them here that have scriptures. They're just We're just singing the word of God. There's powerful, powerful things happen in a release when we just sing about the word of God. Amen. I'm thankful for the power of music. So the Bible says that we ought to sing that. We ought to sing unto the Lord and, and let his praises be known. Let them fill our mouth. Amen. The Bible says in the latter portion of verse 9, talk ye of all his wondrous works. And so not only are we made overcomers by the word of our testimony, but you never know who you're going to touch with the word of your testimony. People need to understand where you have been in your life and where you are in your walk with God. Amen. I need to share what the Lord has done. I also need to be able to share what the Lord is doing. 
And I'm thankful to testify about what the Lord is going to continue to do in my life. I don't want to just talk about what he has done as though he's just a God only of yesterday, but I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing right now. And so when we are sharing with people what God is doing, when we are making known and talking of his wondrous works, that is called daily evangelism. It really is. You're talking about the goodness of the Lord, where you, are, where you go. And daily evangelism is evangelism at its most fundamental level. We're just talking about the goodness of God. Now, I do appreciate organized efforts and concerted efforts of evangelism and whatever we may do to try to reach out into, into our community with some extension of outreach. But I'm going to talk to tonight for just a moment about daily evangelism. Just every day you and I have the privilege to share what God has done in our life, his works in our life. Amen. I'm going to tell you why you think the devil would love to convince us that nobody wants to hear. People do want to hear. They do want to know. Amen. They want to know. And so I'm thankful for the goodness of the Lord. And I want to speak of that. And I want to speak about it often. In verse number 10, 1 Chronicles 16 The Bible says, glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Now we have all been exposed perhaps to uh, various displays of emotion when people are worshiping the Lord. Uh, I've seen people do things that were, you know, obviously biblical, uh, clapping your hands, lifting your hands, raising your voice, leaping for joy and things of that nature. Amen. Those, those, uh, not in an exhibition for the exhibition's sake, but but uh, to be able to express ourselves in praise and in worship. I mean, when it comes time to worship, here's what I think we ought to do. I think we ought to forget what everybody else thinks and forgive, uh, forget about the opinions of others. I just need to worship the Lord because one song captured the essence of this best when it says, you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. And so before we criticize maybe what somebody is doing, and I'm not talking about unscriptural things or things that wouldn't be biblical, but before you criticize what somebody's doing, you may need to know the backstory. And if you knew the backstory at all, then perhaps will make sense. I've shared many times, if you go to the campground, you're probably going to meet an elderly gentleman running. You better get out of the way. Because he's not trotting, he's running. I'm not using that word loosely. But when you realize that he spent 11 years of his life in a wheelchair with a sentence to never walk again in his life, he made it, it, I have an aha moment. I get it now. I, that makes sense now. I understand. Amen. We don't always have the privilege of knowing the backstory, but you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. Amen. Therefore, I must pierce through this darkness and I must lift my hands and my voice and praise the Lord with all of my heart. He deserves that. Verse 12 says, Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. One of the the greatest weaknesses, perhaps, of all of mankind or humankind is our ability to forget things that we really ought to remember. We can see this all throughout human history. The ability of man to forget significant things in his life. We can think about the children of Israel and 
man, we can just kind of shake our head. When you're reading it through the first few books of the Bible, you just are kind of bamboozled. How in the world can the Lord just do something as marvelous as he just did and now you're grumbling and complaining? Wouldn't you not agree with me? I know we've said this a lot of times, but wouldn't you think that if you and I tonight, if we all walked through the Red Sea on dry ground and then we got on the other side and we watched the Lord take that very thing that saved us and drowned our enemies? Wouldn't you think we would say, I'm in. <laughs> you, you got me till the end. But it, it wasn't so. It wasn't so. They're just barely beyond that until murmuring and complaining. They forgot what the Lord had done for them. And so we see this all throughout humankind. Even when we get into the New Testament, when you, all you have to do is go to the crucifixion. Amen. When you get to the crucifixion, who was there? Not many. Because most had forgotten, they had forsaken, they had walked away. Peter is over here warming his hands by the enemy's fire. He's not just denying that he knew the Lord, he's cussing a little to try to fit in with the crowd. Absolutely. Where is John? They're all standing at a distance. They forgot the words that this must happen. This is going to happen. But I go to prepare a place for you. There's something bigger that's going on. And so we have got to remember his marvelous, his marvelous works. And so it would do us well to lean in and do all that we can to not forget where the Lord has brought us from. Amen. The Lord has been very, very good to me. He's been good to you. He's been good to all of us. And so I want to remember the wondrous works of the Lord. Verse number 15, the Bible says, be ye mindful always of his covenant, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. <laughs> be mindful always of his covenant, the word which he hath commanded to a thousand generations. If the Lord said it, it is true, it is settled. I've got to hold on in the darkest night. I've got to hold on in the stormiest season. If the Lord said it, he said, I will not revoke it. Amen. If you read the, uh, if you read the 89th Psalm, amen, the Lord makes a promise to David. And he makes this, this promise to David and among these promises to David, he said, if your children forsake my law, if your children do err against my commandments, I am still not gonna revoke the covenant that I am making with you. Amen, I'm gonna hold on to you. I'm gonna give it to you. It doesn't matter what people around you do. It doesn't. I believe the children were the closest thing to your heart. If they forsake my law, it doesn't shake my promise to you. It doesn't shake what I promised I would do to you and to a thousand generations he said I made this promise I am going to hold you in the center of my hand and so he's held us in storms that we didn't think we could survive he has held us verse 15 the Bible says be mindful of that covenant God has made countless promises to us and he's never failed to keep not one of them in verse number 28 the Bible says give unto the Lord you kindreds of the people give unto the Lord glory and strength Ultimately, he is the only one who deserves our thanks. In, in the book of James, James 1 and 17, the Bible talks about every good and perfect gift comes from above, down from the Father of light. So what we have, we have by the grace of God. God has brought this and, and, and he has brought it to us and he has given it uh, to us. And uh, a, a few days ago, uh, Kevin's not in here, is he? A few days ago, uh, Brother Kevin got... Uh, 
uh, Brother Carol Ward's old truck and uh, I think just a kind of a neat circle of events there. And so we were out back and we were dedicating. And when we got through dedicating, and I told him, I said, now when you spin those tires, you remember this, those are God's tires. <laughs> I don't think it worried him too much. Just from the look in his eye. But it came from the Lord. They're God's. It's God's blessing. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. By the grace of God. In verse 29, the Bible says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Bring the Lord an offering. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Bring something to the Lord. You know, we can think of people in our, in our life, you may know somebody, you think, well, they've got everything, so what could they possibly need? But nobody has enough that they don't want a gift or wouldn't appreciate a gift. And so we think, what could we offer to the Lord? Well, it may not be diamonds and jewels, and it may not be houses and land, but, but giving a gift is one of the greatest forms of expressing our gratitude and so that's why it's a part of our culture and and to give gifts and we do this with people that are special to them we give them gifts birthday gifts or christmas gifts or the list goes on and on just gifts at special times significant moments in their life because it's an expression of our gratitude and our appreciation for them my wife for some time has been wanting to buy a new vacuum cleaner this is a true story <clears throat> And so this morning she had to go to town and she said, you know, I think while I'm in town, I may, I may pick one of those up. And she's been thinking about this and batting this back and forth for months now. And so she had it in her buggy and she passed by another lady in the store. <laughs> this lady said, well, Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> and uh, so she sent me a text telling me what happened. And so I just sent her a text. I said, you've got to be a pretty brave man to buy your wife a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> for Christmas <laughs> kind of flex my muscles while I was texting that back to her I love her so much I want her to have one of the best vacuum cleaners <laughs> gifts they're very telling they're very telling and so when you love someone you want to give something to them and and it doesn't again doesn't have to be extravagant it doesn't have to be extraordinary when we were evangelizing my mother would constantly send my, our son a card with one stick of gum in it. One stick of gum. That meant more to him. He knew what was in that envelope. The card was of no significance at all. It was a stick of gum from Grandma. And so to this day, it was always a very special thing, uh, always a very special thing. And so it doesn't have to be extravagant, but bring the Lord an offering. What could we give to the Lord? we got things we can give to the Lord. I mean, we've got a lot we can give to the Lord. And so when you love someone, so that's why we have to go beyond our tithing, which is a given. Amen. God, we need to give to God offerings as well. Tithing is specific in Scripture. That's a tent that's settled. And so we give that unto the Lord. But then 
an offering is, that's out of our gratitude. Offering is, that's where you tell where your heart is. Because we can, we can figure out with a calculator what the tithing should be. But the offering is the gauge of the heart. Amen. What this means to us. And so our offering is a gift that is based solely on the premise of gratitude. And, and I understand that an offering can be money, but our gifts can be other things as well. And so I believe when we do something for the Lord or do something for the church that we ought to bring our very best, our very best to the Lord. Our best abilities, our best talent, our best effort, give God the best of our time. Listen, if it's not good enough for me, if it's not good enough for you, if it wouldn't work in your house, it shouldn't work in God's house. Amen. If it's not good enough for the Lord, then if us, then it shouldn't be good enough for the Lord. We shouldn't just give the Lord the runoff or something secondary or something that's just left over. We need to bring the very best, give the very best, do the very best that we possibly can. He's been that good. And so as in, in closing tonight, I, I want to ask all of us what our thankfulness gauge reads. What does that really look like? How thankful are we for what the Lord has done? Do we just kind of take it for granted that, that we have this or we have that? Amen. I want to really be introspective and ask myself, am I really grateful? Am I, very, am I really thankful? And, and I want to encourage all of us to walk in the nature of thankfulness. Not just this week. Not just because this is Thanksgiving week. This is just an opportune time to talk about it. But we need to call on his name and declare his goodness. Amen. If the Lord has done something for us, we ought, to, we ought to share that at every opportunity that we have. Share times of healing. Share times of direction. Share times when, when the Lord stepped right into our situation and gave us peace beyond measure. When the Lord was just right there to give us the answer that we needed. You know, even if you're not a singer, we ought to sing of his goodness and his mercy. Now, depending on how bad it is, you might want to do that alone, but we ought to sing of his goodness and his mercy. Amen. Find somebody close to you, honest with you, just the level with you, and you can figure out where you ought to be doing that. It ought to be maybe on the back 40 for some, but nevertheless, we ought to sing unto the Lord his goodness and his mercy. At every opportunity, we ought to rejoice. Don't dare. I talked about it Sunday, but don't dare allow somebody else or don't dare allow yourself to sit still in a praise and worship service as a spectator. Let somebody else lift their hands. Somebody else lift their... No, 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 no. Amen. We need to be an active participant in praise and worship. We should personally spend time reflecting on the things that God has done for us. I'm just using this as an illustration, but I... I've said a couple, a few times through the years uh, that I keep a journal thanks to my wife. She, she is, I owe that to her. But I have kept a journal for many, many years now. And it is a wonderful way to keep track of the, of the good things that God has done in your life. Some time ago, we were um, trying to figure out a certain date when something happened. And, and uh, we, neither one could, could really think about it. And so I, I said, you know, I, I'll just, I'll, I'll go back in my journal and I keep it on my computer and so I was a way that I could search for a couple of phrases and I found I found that entry and I found that date but while I was there it kind of took, took us back a few years while I was there I just started reading entries and, and, I, and I, so she was sitting I was in my chair she was sitting in her chair in the den and I said I said well listen to this I'd forgot about this 
And I started reading. This is what happened today. And I said, did you remember that? And she said, no, I didn't. I didn't remember that. And I kept reading. I said, well, listen to this. And, and before it was over with, we looked at each other and said, how in the world did we make it through that? Now, I'm, I'm, my journal's not a dark, dismal book of <laughs> woe and doom. I'm just talking about something that was chronicled there. But the Lord kept us. He sustained us. He gave us strength to walk through all of that. And, 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 and oh my, it was just, it, it went from trying to think of something for a completely different reason to a journey back in time where the Lord's hand had just been revealed and he made bare his strength and he just sustained us and lifted us up and gave us strength to walk on. When, when, when you see time pass by, you think when you're going through that, I'll never forget this, but somehow the details of all that, we didn't forget the big picture, but the, the details of some of that had just been lost to us. But when we started looking back over the notes, it became obvious that God was holding our hand and he saw us through it. And you know what? We can talk about what the Lord has done. Amen. He kept us. He sustained us. Amen. Very, very powerful thing. At every juncture, we are to give praise and glory to, the, uh, to God. As the scripture says, we are to bring the Lord an offering. What better way to show our gratitude? The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. I come to bring something to the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand. Musicians, you can just stay if you'd like. But we have so much to be thankful for. So... <clears throat> this message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.